The Bonfire, from Mountain Interval, written by Robert Frost, read for LibriVox.org by Maria Casper. Oh, let's go up the hill and scare ourselves, as reckless as the best of them tonight, by setting fire to all the brush we piled with pitchy hands to wait for rain or snow. Oh, let's not wait for rain to make it safe. The pile is ours. We dragged it, bow on bow, down dark converging paths between the pines. Let's not care what we do with it tonight. Divide it? No, but burn it as one pile, the way we piled it. And let's be the talk of people brought to windows by a light thrown from somewhere against their wallpaper. Rouse them all, both the free and not-so-free, with saying what they'd like to do to us, for what they'd better wait till we have done. Let's all but bring to life this old volcano, if that is what the mountain ever was, and scare ourselves. Let wildfire loose, we will. And scare you, too, the children said together. Why wouldn't it scare me to have a fire begin in smudge with ropey smoke, and know that still, if I repent, I may recall it, but in a moment not. A little spurt of burning fatness, and then nothing but the fire itself can put it out, and that by burning out. And before it burns out it will have roared first, and mixed sparks with stars, and sweeping round it with a flaming sword made the dim trees stand back in a wider circle. Done so much, and I know not how much more. I mean it shall not do if I can bind it. Well, if it doesn't, with its draft, bring on a wind to blow in earnest from some quarter, as once it did with me, upon an April. The breezes were so spent with winter blowing, they seemed to fail the bluebirds under them, short of the perch their languid flight was toward. And my flame made a pinnacle to heaven, as I walked once round it in possession. But the wind— out of doors, you know the saying, there came a gust. You used to think the trees made wind by fanning, since you never knew it blow but that you saw the trees in motion. Something or someone watching made that gust. It put the flame tip down and dabbed the grass of overwinter with the least tip touch your tongue gives to salt or sugar in your hand. The place it reached to blackened instantly. The black was all there was by daylight, that and the merest curl of cigarette smoke, and a flame slender as the hepaticas, bloodroot, and violets so soon to be now. But the black spread like black death on the ground, and I think the sky darkened with a cloud like winter and evening coming on together. There were enough things to be thought of then. Where the field stretches toward the north and setting sun to Hyla Brook, I gave it to flames without twice thinking. Where it verges upon the road to flames too, though in fear they might find fuel there in withered brake, grass its full length, old silver goldenrod, and alder and grapevine entanglement to leap the dusty deadline. For my own, I took what front there was beside. I knelt and thrust hands in and held my face away. Fight such a fire by rubbing, not by beating. A board is the best weapon, if you have it. 
I had my coat. And oh, I knew, I knew, and said out loud, I couldn't bide the smother and heat so close. But the thought of all the woods and town, on fire by me, and all the town turned out to fight, for me, that held me. I trusted the brook barrier, but I feared the road would fail. And on that side the fire died not, without a noise of crackling wood, of something more than tinder grass and weed. That brought me to my feet to hold it back, by leaning back myself, as if the reins were round my neck and I was at the plough. I won, but I'm sure no one ever spread another colour over a tenth the space that I spread coal-black over in the time it took me. Neighbours coming home from town couldn't believe that so much black had come there while they had backs turned, that it hadn't been there when they passed an hour or so before, going the other way, and they not seen it. They looked about for someone to have done it. But there was no one. I was somewhere, wondering where all my weariness had gone, and why I walked so light on air in heavy shoes, in spite of a scorched Fourth of July feeling. Why wouldn't I be scared remembering that? If it scares you, what will it do to us? Scare you? But if you shrink from being scared, what would you say to war if it should come? That's what, for reasons, I should like to know, if you can comfort me by any answer. Oh, but war's not for children. It's for men. Now we are digging almost down to China. My dears, my dears, you thought that. We all thought it. So your mistake was ours. Haven't you heard, though, about the ships where war has found them out at sea? About the towns where war has come through opening clouds at night, with droning speed, further o'erhead than all but stars and angels, and children in the ships and the towns. Haven't you heard what we have lived to learn? Nothing so new, something we had forgotten. War is for everyone, for children too. I wasn't going to tell you, and I mustn't. The best way is to come uphill with me, and have our fire, and laugh and be afraid. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.